Just two hours ago, Allied Air Forces began an attack on military targets in Iraq and Kuwait. These attacks continue as I speak. Ground forces are not engaged. This conflict started August 2nd when the dictator of Iraq invaded a small and helpless neighbor. Kuwait, a member of the Arab League and a member of the United Nations, was crushed. Its people brutalized. Five months ago, Saddam Hussein started this cruel war against Kuwait. Tonight, the battle has been joined. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Strawberry banana. Oh, He's aggregate this. Long range street. Their defense is atrocious. I'm the rock star. is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. We love China. We love no playing there. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It just hit me right now. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Hey guys, it's Chris. Welcome back. Ben and I are knee-deep here in a uh, deep dive of the 1991 Royal Rumble uh, with our friend Chris Noble, a.k.a. the Trash Bag Ghost. If you missed the first couple episodes, um, feel free to hit pause on this one. Go find episodes 151, 152, 153. And this one will be here waiting for you whenever you are all caught up. Those episodes touch on the tag team matches between the Rockers versus the Orient Express, Big Boss Man taking on the Barbarian. Uh, We did an entire episode covering the uh, General Adnan and Sergeant Slaughter promo ahead of the the heavyweight title match. And uh, today we are going to be diving in to the uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship match between Sergeant Slaughter and the Ultimate Warrior. So without further ado, here it is, Chapter 4. Well, welcome back, everyone. Glad you could uh, join us as we continue this odyssey, this this journey that we are on together. So yeah, we're, we're back here. We are in the um, just moments before the third match of the night uh the fourth if you count the dark match that happened um before camera started rolling but the only the third match but it is in fact the wwf championship um match here between warrior and slaughter um i think it's kind of crazy that they just like stuck it like right in the middle i kind of love that they like the placement uh of this match on the card um i thought that was a a genius stroke on the wwf's part um, so I believe where we left off last, we had uh, discussed, we'd, we'd uh, thoroughly gone through that iconic uh, Sergeant Slaughter Adnan promo in the locker room. Um, so right after that, they ha- the WWF has um, the Warrior responding the to rebuttal. that promo. The <laughs> this, rebuttal, exactly. Like <laughs> the point counterpoint. I, I, I love that the WWF does, which is basically it's like speech and debate kind of like it's a debate you know like it's a it's it's a debate so one team gets to present an argument and then you have the rebuttal um and it's a live feed so there are instantly there's instantly a crew like a camera crew waiting for a response from the warrior and his team that's right it's like two candidates trying trying to convince (laughs) you uh to vote for them 
Um, so the the warrior promo, it's not as as memorable and and indelible as the uh, as the slaughter promo, but it's but it's pretty good. I love the way it starts with this like stirring poetry. All right, Ultimate or Warrior, you heard the comments from Sergeant Slaughter. He talked about orders. Who is going to be giving the orders in the ring in tonight's matchup? The orders you give, Sergeant Slaughter, only fall upon deaf ears. For I, Sergeant Slaughter, give no orders. I only take them, not from you, Sergeant Slaughter, but only from the warriors that ride upon my back. All right, Sergeant Slaughter alluded to turmoil. What about the turmoil that this man allegedly causes? The turmoil you have created is nothing but a grain of sand in the desert. A desert where a foxhole will be created that will lead you down to defeat. You know, Ultimate Warrior, Sergeant Slaughter talked about leadership. That indeed, if he were to become the World Wrestling Federation champion, he would be a leader that people could look up to. They would be proud of. He would be a leader they could respect. Just exactly what kind of a leader do you think Sergeant Slaughter would be? My warriors would never, could never lower themselves to look up to someone like you. The only ones that would follow you are those that are demented. I walk into this battle as the ultimate champion. I walk away as the ultimate victor! Uh, Warrior says, quote, the turmoil that you have created is nothing but a grain of sand in the desert, a desert where a foxhole will be created that will lead you down to defeat. Um, Just really beautiful prose there um, uh, from uh, on the part of the warrior. Um, uh, which he accompanies with some just really um, authentic seeming uh, growling and snarling. Um, the snarling, I noted, was just very, very uh, intense and uh, and um, yeah, very kind of kind of kind of touched me. Um, so um, I also want to note the last thing uh, <laughs> before we get to the actual match itself is right when they come out of that promo, the the important disclaimer that Gorilla Monsoon presents um, to the viewers. I don't know if... if so if this, this is now the this... match. We can call this... The, the, yeah, this yeah, yeah. We're into the match. So, yeah, so, so we, the... we, we, we've left the promos. Uh, you know, we have, you know, the, the, the war of words, and now we're moving to the ring. We're finally going to settle this dispute in the ring. That's right. And... It's all coming to a head. And so we have Sergeant Slaughter who enters the ring first, followed by Warrior. And as Slaughter comes out, Ben, Monsoon, Gorilla Monsoon, gives the audience a warning, uh, basically expressing that the views of Sergeant Slaughter and General Adnan do not represent the views of their parent company, the WWF, or the, or the yes. audience at home. Warrior, definitely ready. You know, I want to make this clear right now that the views of Sergeant Slaughter and General Adnan do not in any way of the World Wrestling Federation or the Arab Americans or the overwhelming majority of Arabs throughout the world. Um, it is basically what we would call like the Surgeon General's warning. It is the uh, you know it's it, it's a retweet does not uh, <laughs> right does does not yeah, re- yeah. retweets are are not an endorsement kind sure. of a thing <laughs> that that whole yeah, thing yeah 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 I mean it's it's really an incredible message from Monsoon yeah he says the the views of of Slaughter and Adnan do not in any way reflect the views of the World Wrestling Federation or the Arab Americans or the overwhelming majority of Arabs throughout the world for that matter wow. 
Um, so Monsoon is coming out speaking and just Speaking for all do a, Arab people. Yeah, speaking for all Arab people around the world, a blanket, um, you know, disowning, uh, distancing of... Disavowing. Um, re- reminder, a thing that the WWF uh, created and decided to present on, on air. Um, this is... It's just so goddamn funny to me that so the idea that like so Vince McMahon create invents this character, creates this whole scenario, puts these words in this man's mouth, accompanied by this other character, General Adnan, and then and then like the the commitment to the bit. I mean, obviously that's you know as we've discussed, that's what wrestling is. It's it's this extreme, you know, just like diehard commitment to something that is patently ridiculous on its face fake um but but they are so committed um that that monsoon you know goes to the lengths to to make sure that it that it's clear that um that um that no one is happy about what's happening here and you know the wwf you know wishes that that sergeant slaughter hadn't said these these awful (laughs) and hurtful things uh they apologize on on behalf of you know uh, of of all the Arab Americans, <laughs> the overwhelming majority of Arabs throughout the world, um, uh, and it's also like kind of a weird foreshadowing I, f- I found of like th- like th- the aftermath of nine eleven and you know like the the lengths that obviously this isn't like a direct analog, but it just kind of like it, it evoked this of like George W. Bush coming out and giving speeches about how like you know tr- trying to tamp down the anti-Arab sentiment that was you know. Um, uh, uh, y- you know, very rampant uh, in the days following 9-11 and, you know, trying to reassure and convince everyone like, no, 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 like, you know, Arabs aren't the, aren't the enemy here. Like these extremists, like don't reflect, you know, the, the, the average, you know, law abiding, you know, good, good Muslims, quote unquote. And it's just like such a, it's like, you can't put the genie a, back in the bottle, man. Like you're the yeah. reason the genie came out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was all very, uh, just kind of weird and, and like foreshadowy to me. And then we have Piper, we should say Piper reminds us that, um, this oh, is yeah, America, this is the- of course. Now he responds to Monson. This is America, and we must honor and defend Slaughter's right to free speech to freely and openly express his love and admiration for Saddam Hussein as an Iraqi sympathizer. That is his right, and we must defend it and uphold it and honor that. Um, yeah, an so incredibly, crazy. incredibly nuanced and progressive position <laughs> taken here by Piper. You know, as disgusted as he is, he he recognizes, and he is disgusted. Um, let's be very oh, clear. Th- so he thoroughly was, revolted. He, yeah. he, is, he was just like swallowing all of his puke, all of his venom in saying this because you know he abhors, he abhors. Um, you know the 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 dictatorship, the the uh, 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 you know just the evil, the evil Saddam Hussein. 
um, and everything that uh, Slaughter and Adnan represent, but he maintains their right to express it. Mm-hmm. And I love that he also adds in the little uh, the, the the little flourish here, uh, saying, uh, "This is America. As much as I hate his guts, you can do what you want to in America." Quote, that's why our men and women are over there now. They're fighting for the right to be free. Um, and I thought to myself, are they? They're, they're yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, there's American troops and, and bombs falling in Baghdad um, in order uh, for us to continue to have uh, the uh, First Amendment rights that allow Sergeant Slaughter to say that he uh, supports Saddam Hussein. Um Right, I didn't realize that that is was the you know exact Very purpose uh, of of the uh, first Gulf War, um, but uh, but you know what I I think it's a worthy cause. Um, yeah, and, dude. Um, That's yeah, the and, thing uh, with 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 war. Obviously, like we learned as you know nine year old, eight year old kids experiencing uh, uh, the Gulf War at, at this time. It's like it's such an all or nothing proposition where it starts. It, it becomes about one thing, but then it umbrellas to all these other causes where you start, like, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it started as like, well, we have to remove this dictator. He's a bad guy. And then it sort of incorporates all these other, like, elements yeah. of, like, democracy and American life and American values yep. where it was like... If you believe in freedom, if you believe in family, if you believe in, like, right. yeah, not not, like getting dragged out of your, your home and like hung for no reason. Like you have to support this war. Right. Because, right. Yeah, right. It's, it's right. like and ev- everything every it single... incorporates and everything it encapsulates. It's, it's, it's yeah. uh, amazing. All right. On mm-hmm. to the match. So let's talk about these guys entering the ring. So we have slaughter and Adnan. Um, you know, they, they, they come into the ring. Um, you know, something I like took note of is just the opening, uh, the intro and outro music for Slaughter. That mm. incredible drum roll. It's just a drum roll. <gasps> it's just a, a <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a, a, a perpetual drum roll. That's his entire music. <laughs> it's perfect. It's uh, really something, man. And something I've been sort of meditating on a lot about this match in particular. And a ghost, I want to. I want to lean on your uh, uh, professional, um, you know, expertise on, on your professional expertise as like, you know, a visual artist is like the the aesthetics of these two characters, Warrior and Ad- and and, and uh, Slaughter could not be more different and more like symbolic. And what was trying to be told to us from a story uh, angle is like very, very clear here. The way that Slaughter enters the ring, he is a drill sergeant. And I, and I was kind of thinking, like, has there ever been a good drill sergeant? Like, have we ever had, like, a drill sergeant that was lovable and kind? It, there is a very specific role that this uh, character plays in the military where he is, like, the commanding officer. He is, like, a bootstrapping, like, mean uh, a commanding officer, and he is, you know, he is meant to be a villain here. But it was interesting to me, Ghost, to just kind of think about the two characters contrasting their their aesthetic and visual style. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about contrast. The one thing I'm hung up on is these two men, just on uh, the spectrum yep. of physical development <laughs> and uh, conditioning, you could not get to more diametrically opposed individuals. And even from a very young age, I remember being 
just caught up on that. Uh, one, that the warrior was like an absolute Greek god, and that Sergeant Slaughter was like this fat dad. Just, uh, mm-hmm. he, he seemed almost out of place. He could not be, he was just like a big guy that incidentally, uh, someone's like, hey, you're a big guy, you should, uh, you should wrestle. And he paid no mind to uh, his physical development. He's just this kind of slobby guy with this big bald spot. And then on the other end, you have Warrior, just this bronze <laughs> yeah. demigod with a luscious head of hair. Um, I, I honestly, like, the, the whole costumes fade away with these two men. It's just, like, the two, like, this, ah, the the physicality of the two is the contrast. It's never been a match like this. Yeah, man. I mean, quite literally, black and white, right? Like, you have Warrior in the white trunks with the USA flag on yeah. his ass. And then you have, uh, you have Slaughter draped in, in a black... <laughs> Unitard wearing, of course, his, his dark camouflage, but like the primary color in his in his look is that deep black. Uh, you have Warrior, like you said, with this rich, lush, dirty blonde, you know, rock and roll head of hair that's flowing. It's ecstatic. <laughs> it is Ultimate Warrior. That hair is just everywhere. It, it is symbolically so Warrior. And then on the other side, you have a balding, out of shape mustachioed uh sergeant slaughter you know who looks like you and not said, just like not just dad. balding but like yeah not just balding but like wispy like 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 the kind of like balding where it's like he's not even really like shaving correctly or like trying to t- it's all just like yeah like wispy, disgusting trying. just like, like yeah the man was an absolute schlub, of, a hump yeah like middle school sort of like social studies teacher like kind of <laughs> yeah. like you're just like in the middle of your career, you <laughs> yeah. and you're just fine with it. Like, but you don't strike. He doesn't strike me as someone that is like image conscious, right? You know. Of course, which as a, as an eight year old watching this, I remember so so vividly thinking like, oh, this is gonna be like an absolute like mauling. Like, war- Warrior's gonna destroy this guy. Like, right. look at him. He can like he looks yeah like like he's gonna absolutely like demolish this man it's gonna be you know the biggest blowout and in a weird way it it was kind of like the 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 i think the reason why it was such a perfect matchup for this moment in history is warrior represented america and slaughter represented iraq and it made you sort of like think even if only on a subconscious level like oh yeah warrior is america like we are massive we are huge we have like the most expensive high-tech you know overpowering military in the entire world you know we're the superpower and we're going up, up against this like you know relatively tiny country in the middle of the fucking desert in the persian gulf um which like you know, it doesn't have much of a military to speak of, blah, blah, blah. And so you're like, all right, this is going to be a blowout on the same level of the actual country of America versus the country of Iraq in real life. And it was like, no problem. Like, we got this. This is going to be awesome. We're just going to make this guy look like an absolute chump that he is. And he's going to win this for America. And it's going to be like, like the, the buildup was so clearly, like I remember so, so vividly, like that, that contrast in their, in their, you know, just physical aspect and, 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 aesthetic aspect of being like well this is going to be yeah this is going to be awesome it's going to be an easy win for warrior he's going to destroy this guy um and that's why what what happened was so impactful and so like devastating <laughs> like if we're being yeah, obvious. Uh, like yeah affecting it, it, um, yeah like for a child to witness basically 
uh, an injustice, which is what this um, wrestling match felt like as it unfolded. And we can get into the specifics of that. It's like, it was kind of traumatic, you know, like, cause then, you know, when, when you sort of apply it to the war analogy, then it's like, well, maybe we could lose the war. Like maybe I really do yeah, have to be exactly. afraid of the bad guys. Maybe we really do have to bomb yeah. the bad guys. And, uh, yeah, it's struck on a deeper level. Cause you're like, Oh my God, if this could happen, like anything could happen. Anything could happen. And the war is so important and we must bomb them to like submission. And anyone who ever <laughs> yeah. questions, uh, our purpose overseas is a traitor and bad and we should punish them. And it was like, that is how people are brainwashed, you know, like into yeah. the, <laughs> these things. And they very astutely did it to a bunch of eight year old boys. But I just want to say one last thing about the aesthetics is, you know, you sort of alluded to this in an earlier episode, Ben, about uh, Marty Jannetty's um, kind of everyman physical appearance. And, you know, like in, in the Slaughter versus Warrior match, we really have this contrast of, you know, aesthetics and styles, physical displays of power or whatever. And I got to admit, I sort of gravitated sometimes towards the slaughters because they weren't ripped in the same way that you talked about Martin mm. Gennetti. I think it, I sub, I subconsciously loved um, the big boss man for a similar reason. You know, it was cool. It was cool to see just sort of a plain bodied looking guy be dominant because it didn't really make sense. Whereas mm. someone like Warrior or Hulk Hogan, um, you know, they were ripped, they were jacked. You expected them to be dominant in the ring. But when you saw someone like Earthquake or eh, maybe less Earthquake because he was so still so physically imposing, but when you saw someone mm-hmm. like Slaughter, it was it was truly yeah, or, or, or even someone like it was an underdog like million story. dollar man who like wasn't yeah. like like million dollar man wasn't, wasn't like, like jacked cut. like he yeah yeah right he used like something else to to yeah like his cunning and it his, was like his, his charisma like, and like his 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 yeah. yeah his cunning that ultimately like made him a, a an incredible wrestler or Jake the Snake it was like I don't oh re- Jake the Snake yeah yeah perfect. don't really yeah. know how you're pulling this off but it's very clear that like you're gonna pull this off and it was so yeah. believable and so yeah you know like I said maybe it was the charisma well on that I mean uh, just one more point on that guys it's it's uh, I was kind of I took oh I did too for the record <laughs> as yeah. a kid I like muscles <laughs> if if yeah if if every if every match was to be considered like a war, you know, you have like a war of attrition or you have a war of maneuver. And so I was not into the war of maneuver with tactics and uh, maneuvering and all that. <laughs> I just wanted two brutes to just butt heads and whoever was bigger and stronger to win. It was that simple for me. And I didn't, you know, I just I just like to see the clash of the titans rather than oh, wow. these, these dad bod yeah, guys. That, I was just not too into uh, it, I have to out. say. <laughs> yeah. From what it we ma- know it makes it. sense why... Yeah. Why go and watch a lot of wrestling together? Uh, we we were of, of the same mind on that on that front. All right, let's talk about um, the one match one qu- yeah. Yeah, real quick thing. <laughs> Last note: Roddy Roddy Piper um, makes a reference completely out of context. I didn't know. I don't know what uh, inspired him to say this, but he's talking about um, this is like at the tail end of his of his little um, monologue about defend, defending <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's right to free speech. Um, as Slaughter is like in the ring and, and kind of showing up to the crowd, Roddy Piper just says, "Quote, baby, we ain't talking skim milk here. Baby, we ain't talking skim milk here." 
Oh, um, yeah. Which was the first of several references that Hot Rod makes to, to skim milk. So yeah. I just wanted to, to put that on the record. Um, that's a, a, a trope that will, or a theme that we'll be uh, was this, coming back to. Was this the moment where he shouts out one of his uh, general friends who's in the military and he says something to the effect of like, I can't wait till you come back here. I'm going to buy you a glass Ye- of skim milk. And then, yeah, like, that's a little bit later. Yeah. That's, that's like um, slightly later, but but yeah. yeah um, there are a bunch of skim milk references. Yeah, yeah. there is like at least four. Um, but um, but yeah, the, 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 the first of them happens completely out of context um, where he just sees Sergeant Slaughter in the ring and says, baby, we ain't talking skim milk here. So I just wanted to, to note that. All right, um, so we have, we, have, we have Slaughter and Adnan in the ring. They enter to that, you know, to that drill, to that drill sergeant music, to the drum roll. Then we have Warrior enter and it, to it's that ecstatic. Oh my God! That pop, that warrior pop, <sighs> that ecstatic warrior entrance that we all know about, and um, you know you have Adnan and Slaughter. They open the match, trying to clothesline the warrior with the flagpole. So they've entered with the Iraqi <laughs> flag, and they decide that their opening move is that they are going to try to clothesline the warrior yes. with the flag. And it doesn't work out, Ben. Uh, the warrior mm-hmm. ducks. They miss the clothesline. He takes he takes the post and he snaps it in half and then he proceeds to use the flag and the post as a weapon. <laughs> yes. As a weapon in the ring. Oh, they tried to close line with a flight call, but it didn't work. He broke the flag in half. He quite literally turns uh, their their weapon on them on on uh, that is slaughter and Adnan's weapon on them. Quick bit of context here. Let's remind our listeners: um, Sergeant Slaughter had been asked um, in the lead up to the Royal Rumble in 1991. Um, you know, during the the, the buildup of the feud with Warrior and Hogan, he had been asked to burn an American flag uh, on television. Sergeant Slaughter declined to do that. He said that's one step too far. Um, however, um, it seems to me that he did not lend quite the same level of respect and reverence to the Iraqi flag, <laughs> because um, not only does does um, Ultimate Warrior use that flag as a weapon, um, the first thing that he does uh, when he gains control of, of the of the flagpole and the stick, he he snaps the stick in half, I believe. And then tears the flag itself, um, just rips the flag as um, as Hot Rod, as, as Roddy Piper is screaming, yes, yes, yes. Warrior rips up the Iraqi flag. All right, baby, all right, shrieks Piper. 
Um, these guys, like the crowd is absolutely like in hysterics. Um, like they, there, it, it was like, honestly, a, a disturbing moment <laughs> for me to just realize. And of course, as a kid, I remember thinking like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like, look at warrior. Like he's absolutely like, like crushing it right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were, um, absolutely <laughs> defacing the flag of a sovereign nation um as uh you know people just froth at the mouth screaming in delight um um yeah he proceeds to uh clobber warrior clobber slaughter with the flagpole stuffs the flag into slaughter's mouth so it's like this giant like flowing white fabric um s- pouring out of out of slaughter's mouth shove it down his throat baby eat some sand and i just uh have in my notes here filling my eight-year-old brain with just the most toxic destructive jingoistic racist hatred imaginable yeah (laughs) um yeah like really really just alarming alarming stuff um uh again i mean it's you know he's he was the bad guy so i guess he deserved it but um but yeah, I feel like taking the flag of a n- nation that obviously, you know, is a symbol of of an evil dictator, but also is just the flag of all the citizens of that of that nation <laughs> and just being like, yeah, we're going to yeah, we're going to we're going to stuff this in the bad guy's mouth. Um Yeah, I mean, there and- was that one moment where uh, you know, warriors just assaulting slaughter with the Iraqi flag and the pole and he's like shoving it and he's shoving the flag into Slaughter's mouth, and Gorilla says, "Talk about winning the hearts of our men and women over in the Persian Gulf. <laughs> the Warriors doing just that." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. At one point, uh, uh, Warriors is using the flag um, in a in an actual double uh, ch- choke move, where he has one piece of the flag again, which is in tatters. Uh, he has one piece of the flag stuffed down sla- into into Slaughter's mouth, so that it is it is choking him through the mouth. And then he has another uh, strip of the fabric of the flag stretched across Slaughter's throat. So while he still has one one uh, uh, strip stuffed in his mouth, he has another strip stretched over his throat. Uh, so he's basically doing a double flag choke move, um, just just like pouring it on. Um, Classic. Really, really incredible stuff. Um, and yeah, and the and the brilliant part of this match, the the, the brilliant thing about it is is it completely um, sort of met our our expectations, our our preconceptions, you know, going in where you're like, oh well, this isn't going to be a contest. Like, look at this guy versus this guy. Just look at how they look. Like, Warrior's going to dem- demolish this guy, and he absolutely did that. He was in complete control, just you know, clobbering slaughter left and right cleaning his clock um and it was looked like it was going to be a squash match over in like two minutes um 
there's like a couple of amazing uh, turnbuckle moves uh, that that Slaughter does, where Warrior throws him into the turnbuckle, and instead of just like taking taking a little bump and like falling backwards, Slaughter uh, hurls himself into the turnbuckle and then kind of like pops up so that he lands uh, completely like prostrate, like face first. He almost yeah. does a midair plank, if I can interject, and he almost <laughs> he just rigidifies his body midair and oh my just God. goes totally parallel to the floor. And it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that just really, an incredible uh, move. That, that was something. Um, and then right after that, Slaughter uh, Warrior throws Slaughter into a, another turnbuckle, and this time uh, Slaughter allows his momentum to just uh, carry him right into the turnbuckle, and then pops him right out up and over the uh, the whole uh, ring post out of the ring, um, which is just like the physics uh, involved in that, like to be thrown into a, a, an object, and then instead of like you know being pushed backwards, you know, in opposite. You get pushed up and then carried over. I don't know. It's it's mind-boggling to, to try to figure out how that worked. I just want to share one thing. So I guess I'm just kind of having this realization now, but the WWF was on, do you guys remember, was it it was Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings? Um, well, they had a few different shows. I think the one, like the weekly, I think it was Saturday morning. Yeah, there was like, like uh, the, the, weekly, the, the weekly, like, like superstars. E- every weekend, right? Like, so yeah, Saturday that was mornings. the one that was on like USA Network. I think followed immediately by uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, if I'm not mistaken. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so something like that. I, I grew up, I grew up um, going to Sunday school. I grew up, like, you know, going to church with my family, and I would go to Sunday school. And I realized that, like, I would watch uh, the WWF basically right before or right after coming home from Sunday school, which was basically... Uh, maybe it was Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which which basically was uh, where you went to, like, learn about the Bible and, like, <laughs> like right? the lessons of the Bible. And I think what I'm sort of, like, kind of understanding about the WWF as a performance event was it sort of moralized these, like, lessons in the, fir- in the form of these characters where, like, we were supposed to ascribe some sort of moral value to these people and their behaviors, and we were supposed to learn something about it. And so, like, here we, in the case of Sergeant Slaughter versus the Ultimate Warrior, we had, like, the case of, like, should the United States go to war with Iraq? And the answer, Ben, like, you, you, when you talk about the match is that, like, you know, the warrior dominated, physically dominated this match. And, you know, we'll get into the specifics of how and why, but he ultimately loses. And the reason he loses is because of, very simply, like, the Sergeant Slaughter cheats. And so kind of what we learn, the moral, the lesson that we learn in this match is that the cheaters always cheat. Like, bad guys will always cheat. And that is why you have to always do the right thing, which is like, which is why you have to go to war, which is why like, if there's a bad guy, you have to eradicate the bad guy. You have to go to war and, and, and obliterate them. And Mm -hmm. I think like this match feels very sort of biblical to me because we are learning about right and wrong. We are learning about there are good people and bad people. Good people do the good ethical thing and bad people like Sergeant Slaughter, they will cheat. They will find any opportunity that they can to cheat and take advantage of good people. And so seeing the clearly more dominant wrestler, the ultimate warrior, lose, 
and 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 lose unfairly and we have piper to sort of guide us through this in his mm-hmm. outrage and his disgust feels very like biblical in a way where you can sort of understand like that it's not okay that this is an insurrection of justice that someone who did the right thing who played by the rules was supposed to win and it was stolen by a bad guy and that to me is like uh, uh, hammers home why we had to go to war um, that, because that there are bad people in the world and if we don't eradicate them they will just take advantage of innocent people yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That uh, that that definitely resonates, Chris. I uh, I can't say that I did go to Sunday school um, as a kid, yeah. but um, but certainly those lessons. You know, I feel like I I basically learned the same thing yeah. that I probably would have learned in Sunday school by watching um, the nineteen ninety one WWF Royal Rumble. That's right. I mean, Chris, that just kind of sent my mind reeling, and I'm just thinking all these crazy thoughts that yeah. I'm trying to suppress because they sound insane, like. Was Vince McMahon a CIA asset? Was this all a big psyop perpetrated like, I am, on? I am very the, open to those America's youth at the time. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, the relationship between wow. the United States oh, military boy. and the WWF. Um, yeah, I think I think it's more than just a, a casual, you know, sort of. Yeah. And and I think like the the, the significant thing is that WWF like, vis-a-vis their storytelling really ascribed like values, moral judgments about like who is good and who is bad, and what do good people do and what do bad people do, and I think they were very clearly telling us that like slaughter was bad and Iraq was bad, and warrior in his white trunks with the American flag who didn't cheat was good, and it was very clear who we should be rooting for. And the brilliance of Vince McMahon and the WWF is sometimes you have to outrage people. Sometimes you have to give them, um, you have to, you have to let them see a, like I said, an insurrection of justice, let them feel disappointed and outraged so they can sort of perform those values in real life and say like, no, like we have to make sure that the bad guys do not cheat we have to, you know, like we have to win because we are good people. Um, yeah, I'm done. I swear. <laughs> um, so speaking of that cheating, let's get straight to it. Okay. So Warriors absolutely dominating, you know, thoroughly uh, controlling the match. Um, and it looks like he's about to, you know, pin slaughter in a, in a matter of seconds or minutes. When who comes out? It's sensational Sherry. Sherry Martel, of course, the, um, the, the one who unsuccessfully attempted to seduce Warrior earlier in the night. Um, she, of course, is, is the, you know, the valet, the manager of, of Macho, Macho King at this time. So she comes running out. Taste 
she moving out of there? Um, Monsoon says, what is she doing out there? Um, <laughs> she grabs Warrior's leg um, as he's, uh, you know, doing, doing the, uh, throwing himself against the ropes. Um, she grabs Warrior's leg from behind and he immediately goes chasing after her. The trap is set. She runs back down the aisle. Um, <laughs> Warrior uh, pursues uh, on foot. Um, very, uh, you know, very, very sort of just wildly i would say and um and and the the trap is set um as soon as warrior gets to a certain point uh down the aisle towards the locker room Macho Man jumps out from the shadows, the dark shadows of the stands. He ambushes Warrior. And I gotta say, like, this was this was a shocking, shocking moment. So <laughs> this was like Does he attack him with a like a lamppost? Like what yes, what, a, what what do we want to call yeah, the instrument he, he, that he, he attacks, him, attacks him, with? him? Well first he yeah, he 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 gra- like he kind of like you know rushes him, tackles him to the ground, slams him against the the metal gate um, that's you know keeping the the stands like sort of uh, you know whatever next to the stands, and then clobbers him with yes a tripod light stand um, like one of the lights used for you know the, the studio um, whatever like uh, that are that's just apparently sitting there on the side of the aisle um, and yeah clobbers warrior uh, over the back with a with a light stand. It's such a it seems like, you know, I, I don't know. This is obviously a, a pretty standard move in, in professional wrestling. You know, someone interferes, someone comes in from outside of the match that's not supposed to be there, yada, yada. But this was a really, like, like memorable example of it because of just the, the sort of frenetic and crazy nature. Like, Macho Man, like, sort of sells or, or performs this this ambush, like, so well. It's so, like, just chaotic and violent. And he's, like, running and and like falling and it's like sort of messy and it doesn't and he's like sort of just like grabbing whatever's nearby to just like slam warrior with and like and then you know as soon as it's as he does it he immediately flees so it's a very like like very fast it, the whole attack probably lasts what 10 seconds um uh start to finish um yeah it just felt very like legit to me and very like holy shit whoa like that was crazy like where did he come from like where is he going now like it was just like so like whoa like nuts something um, i love about this i don't want to call it a gimmick but it's a gimmick that the the wwf does with these sneak attacks is like it, you know i i grew up doing uh theater this is like a piece of theater literally to the point where it's lit with a spotlight um yeah. so it's like you have this sneak attack you have a guy hiding in the dark and 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 warrior you know warriors running down the aisle chasing after uh uh sherry martell sherry and he's lit by a spotlight but everything around him is dark so we have a <laughs> we have a sneak attack quite literally because macho is hiding in the darkness of the non spotlight area and yeah. uh he comes out of the darkness into the spotlight and attacks warrior you know in the aisle and um it's something that I love. It's like kind of a, 
I don't mean to say it's a hokey thing, but just like it's uh it's it's just yeah, it's like something you would see in like community theater or something, you know, someone hiding in a dark spot and then they step into mm-hmm. a spotlight and close so clothesline someone. It's perfect. Yeah. It's really just perfectly orchestrated, perfectly executed. Um and yeah, and so, you know, Warrior is is very badly damaged at this point. Um the crowd is chanting USA, USA, you know, to to try to you know, get him back on his feet. Um, now, at this point, the referee begins his his count. Um, of course, the uh, you know the the uh, re- you know, professional wrestling rules dictate that if you are outside of the ring for ten seconds, Jesus, um, is that all? It then, is? yeah, it's ten seconds. I believe it's only ten. Um, you are disqualified. You lose the match, but because it is a disqualification. And this is a very critical, critical rule that, of course, we all knew. Uh, any any kid who, who uh, watched wrestling um, knew this this very crucial, crucial little um, stipulation, which is that you cannot uh, a a belt, a championship or intercontinental championship belt, cannot change hands with a disqualification, only a pinfall or submission. Um, which means that while Sergeant Slaughter might technically win the match um, if Warriors counted out, he would not win the WWF championship belt. So, of course, it is very much in his interest to ensure that the ref does not complete his countout of the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and uh, Slaughter achieves this by just continually interrupting the ref's counting. <laughs> And I guess the ref just can't he can't Swatty. keep track like what number he was on. No. He keeps like losing his place because Slaughter yeah. Slaughter literally <laughs> just grabs his arms and pulls them down. Um, so you know the ref can only start from the beginning um, uh, each each time. I think it's a frustration. It must you know we it must be know. a continuous. We've all been there, gentlemen. I, I... It, it must be a continuous uninterrupted. And um, thank thank goodness Slaughter very you know craftily does this because uh, Warrior takes his time getting back to that ring. My oh my does he ever? He is crawling on all fours you know he's just completely zapped his energy his um you know his his back is clearly in in very bad shape um and um and slaughter is is just drawing like the the crowd is is you know apoplectic at this point they can't believe what's happened um finally uh warrior gets back to the ring uh he's not been counted out thanks to uh slaughter's um again very heads up uh, uh play there interrupting the ref's count um and uh and as soon as he gets back in the ring slaughter just starts going to work on that badly damaged back of the warrior and uh and and you know realizes the the weak point and just fully fully exploits it Yeah, that really is the the turning point in the match. But of course, like again, this is just brilliant sort of storytelling on the part of the WWF. They could have just been like, "Oh, well, that was it." Like, no. 
Macho Man attacked Warrior. Now he's weak. Now Slaughter pins him. Match over. But no, 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 no. They draw it out, um, and it's basically like a whole back and forth that continues. Where you know Warrior's like, you know, in bad shape. Uh, Slaughter's working on him, but of course that the crowd, the energy of the crowd, sure. you know, chanting. Um, you know, uh, gives Warrior the the strength to 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 keep fighting and um, yeah. So uh, Slaughter is in total control at this point in the match. He's got the ultimate puke locked in some sort of uh, a bear hug, bear hug thing around yeah. the waist, ghost. Mm. Um, and 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 the Warrior somehow sort of summons like the strength of the crowd through the waving mm. of his arms. And then he breaks the slaughter's grip and then body slams him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, like, that's a... Uh, you know, the slaughter slaughter didn't have a ton of... And, 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 and puke, for that matter. They didn't have a ton of, like, marquee moves. So it was sort of like... It was sort of fitting to me that, like... Slaughter's big thing, aside from the camel clutch, which which we'll get to, his big mm-hmm. thing that he was gonna do was just bear hug him to death, like like literally mm-hmm. like hurt his back in in this sort of bear hugged. Uh, well, remember now that back had been weakened sure. by the uh, savage attack. Of course, so, of course. Uh, I, I would say that the bear hug was actually a, a very um, crafty and, and cunning um, strategic uh, maneuver. But how by, long by did Slaughter. how long did the bear hug last for? It felt like sort of interminable. Where puke was mm. just sort of. It looked like he was like Piper said. Puke is losing. Looks like he's losing consciousness. And yeah, and yeah. I think warrior. I think the warrior is only half conscious right now. Right. <laughs> Someone said at some point. Yeah, I, I'm sure you guys uh, did the same. But I, I've watched this match several times. I mean, a dozen times on various speeds uh, during various viewings. And when I watch this on two times speed, it's still interminably long. Like, it, it is just inappropriately long, the amount of time that Slaughter is embracing. Uh, yeah, Wolf, yeah, yeah. really, the really. But they had to give the time, you know, the crowd time to get that USA chant going, you know, to get that adrenaline pumping back through that body. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so Puke breaks out of Slaughter's grip, and then he body slams him. So he's kind of mm. getting back into the match a little bit. It's not quite, you know, he hasn't swung the momentum all the way. But Piper has so many amazing lines. At one point, Piper, uh, you know, Slaughter puts Warrior in uh, in that camel clutch. And he's making that awful sort of snarling slaughter-like face where he's you know oh, yeah he's sticking out his tongue the, and the licking his tongue mustache is and he's Ugh. sort of nodding his head and jutting his jaw out <laughs> and piper says something like <laughs> you know warrior kind of rallies here puke is in control and then once again sherry martell uh runs into the ring there you witch 
<laughs> yeah, Piper does not does not hide his disdain for, <laughs> for sensational sherry. Not not in, in any way whatsoever. Um, yeah. yeah, she comes running at it yet again, a double dip. Um, Incredible. But this time, I mean, Puke is finally back on his feet at this point, right? Like he's finally right. regained the strength from the crowd. You know, he he he's been through a camel clutch. He's sort of finally back on even footing here and and uh sensational queen sherry runs in um and 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 tries to distract the warrior warrior lifts sherry above his head well first he grabs her hair from outside of the ring and pulls her over the top rope into the ring by her hair Um, and then, and then, yes, as you said, grabs her, um, picks her up above his head, clean, clean over his head, and then just tosses her out of the ring into an oncoming, a on like a, a running full speed macho man, Randy Savage. He throws Sherry Martell right into Randy Savage. They collapse uh, outside mm-hmm. the ring. The crowd is excited. Hot Rod shouts, "You deserve each other!" Yes, <laughs> incredible. Macho. Yeah, he lo- he loves he loves just the the violent uh, just yeah the throwing of a woman outside of a wrestling ring. But <laughs> yes, um, can't can't get enough of it. Uh, absolutely giddy. So puke puke is in control at this point. The puke is in is in control. And what happens from here, Ben? Well, so, so yeah, so Puke was in control. Um, he's he's feeling himself. He gorilla presses uh, Sherry, uh, you know, throws her out of the ring like a rag doll into Macho Man's arms. Um, they collapse, um, and he, but as uh, you know, Warriors is sort of gazing upon the the destruction that, that he has wrought outside of the ring. Um, Slaughter nails him with a a big knee to the back when he's not looking. He goes down. Uh, Warrior goes down, draped over the the middle rope, um, and then Slaughter starts kind of like strangling him against the rope, backs off um, as the ref kind of like tells him to, you know, to to stop what he's doing. You know, I I guess that's an illegal maneuver, uh, (laughs) strangling someone against the middle rope. Um, So Slaughter backs off and he kind of has the ref's attention and as the ref is distracted, um, so uh, important uh, detail that we omitted earlier is that when Sherry runs out the second time, uh, she brings with her the scepter. Now, uh, in part, uh, I don't know what it would what it will be two or three uh, of this uh, series. Uh, we reminded everyone that the scepter was a gift given to Macho Man. Um, when he was uh, coronated as Macho King in uh, in 1989, I believe that was, uh, or maybe it was 1990, I forget. Um, but anyway, the, the scepter was something given to him as a gift by Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Um, and, uh, I mean, Ted DiBiase's fingerprints are, are just, like, all over. It's incredible, like, even the, the matches that he's not participating in. Um, that that guy really um, had had like a, a serious sort of sway over the whole uh, business. But anyway, 
Um, so Sherry uh, brings the scepter out with her when she runs out. So it's sitting there on the uh, on the ring apron, so that when the ref is distracted and Warrior is sitting there uh, crumpled over the middle rope, Macho Man grabs the scepter and just absolutely shatters it over Warrior's head. Pieces of it go flying. It looks bad. It looks like possibly concussion situation here. Um, Warrior is, you know, holding his head uh, with his hands, but other than that, his body is basically lifeless. Um, yeah, of in, course. In the NFL terms, this is a concussion. They take you back to the locker room. You know, you don't come yeah. back out and finish the game. You're going through a protocol. Yeah. You're probably getting rested for at least a week or two sure. um, after a, a shot like that. Um, Slaughter, of course, the ref doesn't see any of it. Slaughter drags him back into the ring. Uh, hits the weakest elbow drop in history, uh, just as like a formality, basically. And pins him easily one, two, three. Um, and, I mean, talk about just a, a shocking... I mean, it's shocking now to watch it as an adult. Like, trying to remember, like, where my head was at when I watched this live yeah. um, as an eight-year-old in my parents' living room, sitting next to Trash Bag Ghost. Um, it's a betrayal. It, it's like the ultimate It was betrayal. impossible. Yeah. It was just. It was just impossible. I was like... Oh my gosh, they're, you know, when when Savage came out and did the first attack, it was shocking, but then Warrior rallied and you're like, "Oh, this is incredible. This is such a great like what a perfectly, you know, uh uh cre- like crafted story, like, you know, Slaughter and Macho Man cheat, but Warrior's so strong and the crowd is, you know, so strong behind him that he's still able to overcome the injustice and and win this one, you know, for America." But no. No. The WWF in its evil brilliance, said, nope, we're not going to give you any treats today, little boys. We are going to pretty much make you cry. Yeah, teach um, you a cautionary tale. Again, putting it yeah. in biblical terms, like teach you a cautionary tale about evil, that like sometimes evil prevails. And when you have the opportunity to take an evil bad guy out, you have to bomb them. <laughs> and... <laughs> And this was a very cautionary tale for me. Like, I learned a hard lesson here watching this one because Puke was one of my guys, you know? I was a, yeah. I admittedly was like a pukehead, you know? Pukemaniac. Yeah, I was a pukemaniac, <laughs> for sure. And seeing him go down was just a shock to the system. Like, the ultimate betrayal of, of trust, of confidence, um, mm-hmm. I thought I could trust Vince McMahon with my heart, and I learned a very hard lesson here today. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that I sort of, like, went into, even as an eight-year-old, like, again, I'm not entirely sure, like, how aware I was of, like, you know, how scripted things were or not. But I remember thinking, like, well, wrestling is, like, an entertainment. Like, it's a thing where, like, you know, they play with you a little bit, but then in the end, the good guys win, like a mo- like an action movie. It's basically just, like, a an extended, you know. Yeah week week by week action movie where you know in the action movie there's conflict yeah. and then so the like, good guy wins Seagal and beats the bad guy wins. like he's never yeah. Yeah. yeah he's never going to lose to so, the terrorists y- you think you can count on that i didn't know how to classify the feeling at the time when i was sitting next to ben watching this but uh i you know would later compare it to something like 
you know, you could always thought you could count on a movie wrapping it up at the end, putting a nice little bow with a little feel good, leave you uh, leaving the theater with a little smile on your face and fuzziness in your heart. But this was one of those things where it's like one of those uh, horror movies directed by sick people where they leave, <laughs> they they intentionally set out to leave you feeling uneasy for a long period of time yeah yeah it was like yeah, it was, yeah it was like a movie where it was like you're gonna learn a lesson that you'll never forget um, yeah and the wwf did an incredible thing here which is that following the the one two three count by the ref they didn't immediately announce the winner there's this period of like confusion um and and i gotta hand it here to monsoon and piper because they completely and thoroughly sold this moment. They're in utter shock. No, no, they can't allow this. Certainly they're not going to allow this. No, no, there's going to be officials coming out. We might have had a disqualification here, I hope. Well, it's obvious that Keith came out with a scepter. Come on! Everyone in the entire building saw what the Macho King did. No, this ain't going down like this. What do you mean, what happened? What the hell do you think happened? I think the referee in his excitement, Hot Rod, just automatically went down and made the three count. But I, I think we've had a disqualification here. I hope so. Excitement, hell. You ought to be keeping his eyes on what's going on. We haven't had any official word yet. Uh, Monsoon yells, they can't allow this. Certainly they're not going to allow this. We might have had a disqualification here, I hope. Piper, um, Piper is yelling, come on. He is absolutely no, devastated. Devastated. This ain't going down like this. You know, they're talking about how everyone in the arena saw what happened. Um, and there's this long delay. There's this period of, of just total chaos and confusion. The crowd starts chanting, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. So they're like completely hook, line, and sinker into it. Um, Hot Rod and, and Gorilla are just in total denial. I think we've had a disqualification here. We haven't had any official word yet. And then there's this long, again, this like drawn out warrior gets up on his feet. He stumbles backstage, so he's out of there. Um, again, no one has is, is clear like what's going on. What uh, you know, they're gonna some officials are gonna have to come out and clear this up. Surely, finally, the Fink comes on the mic, and he and he delivers the announcement. And it is it is like a, a a it's just a a sledgehammer to the to the heart to the chest, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the official decision: the winner of this bout. And then he pauses. So there's this like tension. There's this drama. You're like, no, no, no. Surely this this is not going to happen. And then he says it, and new. And when he says new. Piper and Monsoon immediately scream, no, no. So it's this like incredible echo. It's this echo effect of new, no, no, world, no. Wrestling Federation champion, oh, bull, bull, Sergeant Slaughter. And it's like the the back and forth of, of 
Howard Finkel and the announcers Monsoon and Piper is just like it's just so perfectly done and yeah it just it really like even even to this day it like it just drives it home in such a like a profound like emotional way um Gorilla Monsoon yells what a miscarriage of justice I can't believe it Hot Rod's in complete disbelief I can't believe this you puke you it took three of you Monsoon says this is ridiculous this is an outrage like the whole thing it just felt like oh man this is like a legitimate like like outrage this is this is like how could this have happened um it really felt like, it felt like one of the we, most shocking yeah it felt like we were watching a dictator conquer us uh yeah it felt like yeah. a gross like violation of my rights and of what i knew to be justice <laughs> like i'm not trying to uh, be like cute or coy like it, I really felt like triggered you know what I mean like I, I truly <laughs> was like like very uncomfortable with what I was seeing but Ben one thing it reminded me of Ghost I don't know if you'll uh, get the reference but um, this past spring when the NBA had to halt the the season in the middle of one of their games the last game before they halted the season because of COVID between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz they had all the fans in attendance and the players on the court and it was unclear what was happening. The players had warmed up. They were in their warm up jerseys and stuff and they hadn't like just begun the game and something was up and it was very like clear that something was wrong. And you saw the head coaches and the referees all conferring, like whispering to each other. And then they went their separate ways and all the players went back to the locker rooms and the PA announcer got on the mic for a, packed arena of fans just to be like but fans due to unforeseen circumstances the game tonight has been postponed you are all safe and take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion thank you for coming out tonight we are all safe and you can visit okcthunder.com for updates on upcoming games please drive home safely Good night, fans. You are fine. Please head for the exits as safely as possible. And you heard these people yelping, screaming like, no, no, because they knew that this was like maybe going to be the end of the world. Like they had no idea what was happening other than that, like, we are not safe right now. And this moment kind of reminded me of that, Ben, where it was like, (laughs) we know that something very... Um, unsafe and very unholy is happening to us and um, we cannot just stand by and watch this injustice in good conscience and I mean I was right there I was screaming at my TV too I mean this was like I said I felt like I was being violated I felt like a dictator had just won I felt like we had lost the war Um, and this if nothing else like you know, solidified me as being pro-war. We had to go into the Persian Gulf. We had to wreak, yeah. uh, we had to wreak like you know chaos and just like do damage to to the Middle East. And we had to eradicate all the bad guys. Yeah, we had to get Saddam. We couldn't let this happen again. Like literally, <laughs> we can't let let these bad guys win. Um, yeah, it was it was a really just absolutely ingenious like ploy and and 
decision by the WWF to, to just go there uh, in, in the absolute height of, of tension and paranoia and fear and uncertainty, you know, in, in the in the real world events of, of what was going to happen to just be like, yeah, you know, all that fear and anxiety and like doubt, like this is what it's going to feel like. Uh, and let's make sure wrong. we get the reactions of eight year old boys on TV. Yeah. <laughs> when when yeah. it goes wrong. Um, one, you, like you, you mentioned Ben, one really brilliant thing that they did from like a stage craft, uh, direction kind of perspective is they had warrior. If you notice, he sprints out of the ring. As soon as mm-hmm. the match is over, they ring the bell. He gets out of there as quick as possible, runs off in disgrace And as the refs are sort of ruminating on, like, what do we do? They allowed Slaughter to be in the ring by himself so he's able to raise the belt and triumph to our deep disappointment and, like, horror. And we have to... Just a revolting sight. We have to sit and watch him and just sit and take it and pay for it. We paid Mm -hmm. for (laughs) pay-per-view. Literally paid for it. We literally paid to learn this very hard lesson and yeah. boy, oh boy, we will never forget uh, the day that we saw Sergeant Slaughter, you know, rob us. Um, and uh, I, I, I still feel uh, scarred uh, from from this event. Yeah, it's not it's not easy to, to dredge up these memories um, and and to work through this stuff. I mean, I I do very much feel like this is a therapy session for all of us. <laughs> now, guys, you know, in the interest of. Uh kind of healing those scars putting some balm on them let's pivot to a slightly lighter note but related that belt speaking of the belt this pastel purple belt that slaughter just uh ripped from the ultimate puke ben you might know the answer to this like what becomes of the actual hardware does that actually belong to sergeant slaughter after he won it or does that go back to the props department in stanford connecticut like what what became of that are we to believe sergeant slaughter who just days ago on twitter.com claimed that uh he is in physical possession of this piece of hardware or is that just another sordid addition to his list of uh dubious claims let's put it that way (laughs) that's a really good question i would assume um i I certainly don't have any um concrete information to um to support this or or confirm it but i would assume um that a WWF championship belt or belt of any kind is a prop and belongs to the company. Um, uh, you know, I'm with uh, you. I'm uh, with off you. off screen, that is. You know, not not in 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 the kayfabe. You know, pseudo reality. Um, but but in real life, like I would think that yeah, that's just a prop that uh, obviously is is passed from wrestler to wrestler as as the belt changes hands. And I know that the belt has undergone physical uh, alterations and, and transformations over the years. So there are uh, several different versions of the championship belt, which, of course, the WWF uh, does to sell more merchandise. Um, but um, I would think that, uh, I mean, you know, may, maybe possibly in, in some case where, you know, they were changing the belt, uh, maybe maybe the, the previous belt could be kept as a, as a souvenir, as a keepsake by someone who previously held it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, according to, according to, uh, one source, um, that being Bob Remus himself, Sergeant Slaughter, um, do you care to, to read the exact tweet? Do you have it pulled up there, Chris? I 
don't have it, if anyone does, feel free to uh, take the lead. I don't at the moment. No, I don't either. Don't but either, no. but basically, long story short, um, Sergeant Slaughter tweeted at, at some point, like recently, that he was still in possession of the belt that he won off of uh, Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Puke, at the 91 Royal Rumble, and just like had it like in storage somewhere. Um, and was at the kind slaughterhouse, of like, Ben. Yes, at the slaughterhouse, um, and <laughs> was just like openly musing on Twitter about like, oh, maybe I should like take it out and display it. It's probably worth some money. <laughs> um, which, yeah, very curious claim. Um, who knows? For all I know, uh, you know, he he could very well have that belt. I believe someone in the comments asked him to like show a picture or like produce uh, it uh, and he's like i want to say yeah, something I'll have right to, now he's like literally like yeah i'll have to look for it in in the in the interest of not causing violence like he should not ever post an image if if he has the belt he needs mm-hmm. to lie about it and not display it because like there are still so many deeply scarred people like myself who will take um him having the belt way too personally and actually mm-hmm. like try to find it probably. And, uh, only bad things can happen as we've learned, uh, from the course of events, the last, you know, five, six weeks in this country. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I wanted to just meditate for a second on the belt itself. Ghost. Um, it is a really beautiful shade of purple is it not would, i love it wouldn't we say, would we say it's like an indigo what what color would you say the the belt Vi- i think is? it's closer to violet vi- Chris. violet violet you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's a violet to me it's just a pure violet maybe on the lighter uh pastel side of violet but uh i like it i mean it fits the warrior's vibe he's he was always kind of uh he was he didn't care about uh what he was supposed to do he just did what his instinct told him to do, what the gods above told him to do, and they told him to rock this light purple belt, and uh, it worked. And it's, uh, it's, I love, I just love it. It's, it's yeah, the belt is beautiful. It was, you know, it was, it was the belt that I that was, it was the belt, you know, when when we started watching. So it'll always be like the official belt in my mind. I found the uh, the slaughter tweet. If anyone's curious, it was actually from January nineteenth. 2021 the 30th anniversary the exact 30th anniversary uh because someone uh tweeted a- about the um you know on this day in 91 and slaughter sergeant uh it's at underscore sergeant slaughter if anyone's curious give him a sh- throw him a follow he's he tweeted quote not only did i win the world title from the ultimate puke followed by a puke emoji that night in miami florida but i still have the pukes followed by a puke emoji purple title in a storage box somewhere here at the slaughterhouse followed by an incredible emoji of like a house with a big dollar sign on it um anyway wonder (laughs) what that title is worth bank oh yeah it's a bank you're right it's a a bank emoji the slaughterhouse raises more questions which maybe we don't have time to get into (laughs) yeah but that's actually very uh resourceful of him to find that bank emoji and uh, because of the s it does look like it could be the slaughterhouse um, oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah, um, and then he finishes the tweet, wonder what that title is worth, money bag emoji, sunglasses, smiley face emoji, should put it on display, uh, trophy, gold trophy emoji. Um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's very active on Twitter, um, for better or worse, Here's the thing, I would I, say. I, I believe him. <laughs> I, I don't totally know why, 
But uh, I kind of believe him. I, I, I think. Yeah. I think I think that he has it. I mean, you know, the the source is, let's say, slightly unreliable. But um, you know, I certainly don't have. It's an you know, odd any, thing. Any... It's an odd thing to lie about and then mention that you'll maybe tweet photos of. It's like, mm. I mean, I guess whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Why why would you make that up? Anyway, so. <laughs> you can listen to Switch. 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 Switch.